Tonight, I don't know what all has brought you here, what circumstances may be going on in your life that others around you may know about, may not know about. There may be an internal torment that you're dealing with inside of your spirit, just an anxiety, a a question of uh, who I am, what I'm supposed to be, what was I created for. Uh, And I'm praying that the Lord give you an answer tonight to all of life's problems. Do you see, uh, man is good about giving answers and solutions. To see us, especially when we're in addiction, when we suffer life-controlling issues, things that's visible to the public, is, is quick to give solutions, answers, um, that's based off from what they see on the outside to get you to change the things that you're doing. But see, God tonight wants to give you an answer and He wants to give you the solution to transform who you are on the inside. See, there's a difference between the two. There's a huge difference between change and transformation. Change is something that lasts but for a moment. So when, you, uh, when I was going through uh, the penitentiary, we had classes that we had to attend for me to be able to make parole. That was called cognitive thinking. They were thinking for a change. They had different levels of it. And in those classes, they would try to teach the offender of how to be able to think different in moments when you're being tempted of compromise, whether it be stealing, whether it be anger issues. They would give these solutions and different uh, phrases and things that you would run through your mind to try to get you to react a different way to your circumstance and your environment. But see, I went through those type of programs and that type of counseling for the majority of my adult life. And I never could understand why that I try to put these uh, good things in the practice in my life and try to think my way out of these problems and try to think my way out of being a drug addict, try to think my way out of not picking up a bottle, try to think my way out of not being angry when uh, times with circumstances and events would be taking place where my blood would just be boiling over and I would react and do things with my hands and my feet that would take me back to more places of brokenness. At the same time, trying to run these good ideas through my mind that was placed inside of me in places and times of brokenness when I was being taught by man in the world of how to try to overcome these obstacles in this bondage in my life that had a control over me that I could not seem to be able to break free from. And no matter how much I would discipline myself to think and memorize these things, it would never produce a lasting change that would ever last any length of time. I would be able to think my way through certain situations for a short period. But see... We're fighting a battle that's not of this world. We fight an enemy that's not just in our mind, but is a spiritual entity. He's as real as me and you are here today. 
Let's see, he changes his approach of attack. He changes the ways that he will try to get you to trip up and to get you to fail. And he uses a lot of different uh, avenues to be able to do those things. Once you've mastered one in your mind, he'll go to another one that you haven't thought about or haven't been thought or haven't been taught to rehearse a certain line to change your thinking for a moment. But you see, God, how he teaches And how He moves upon a man's life will not call you to a place of memory in the moment to rehearse some scripture or to rehearse some phrase or some solution that's been given by man written on a page. Because when the Lord Jesus Christ comes into our heart, see, He becomes who we are. So we don't have to worry anymore about being strong enough to be able to handle the moment. And we no longer have to tear even through God's Word. When I first started uh, coming to know the Lord and the Lord was drawing me, I'd memorize so many Scriptures. I can quote the house now by memory and Scriptures here tonight if I wanted to. Those Scriptures were what God used to help build something inside of me That only down the road as these things were being used and all the things that I had learned and experiences that I had had of God and even outside of God was being used to mold and create the man that's standing before you today. I didn't no longer have to go to those Scriptures to get myself not to step into a dope house. I didn't no longer have to bring certain ideas and thoughts into my mind of why that I need to not do this and why that I need to do that. Because you see, when the Spirit of God come inside of me and dwell inside of this physical body, and as I started drawing closer to the Lord, God's ideas and His thoughts and His solutions literally started to become who I am. So He becomes the answer in all situations. He becomes the solution and He becomes the guide and He is faithful each and every time to help show us the way. You see, the only thing that we have to be is attentive to His voice then. You don't have to memorize this book. You don't have to memorize chapters of the Bible. You don't have to go to kind of thinking classes to memorize certain phrases that are good things uh, that will help that will help you to be able to produce good things but when God becomes the forefront of our focus and Jesus Christ becomes the forefront of our mind his Holy Spirit does something inside of us that only he has the power to do and he will bring to remembrance not just scripture he'll bring to remembrance the person of Jesus Christ Jesus thank you Lord so when we are tempted and when we are being drugged through life and we face situations and circumstances that's out of our control, it's the person of Jesus Christ that lives in the believer that will give you the ability to be able to step in the direction and on the course that you need to go. Psalm 147.3, the Lord says that He come to heal the brokenhearted and to bind up our wounds. 
We've went over this Scripture many times here at Freedom Ministries. What that word bind literally meant was to saddle. So the Lord Jesus Christ says that I come to heal your broken heart, but also I come to heal and put an oil and a salve on those wounded areas of your spirit and your mind that have been afflicted on you in life. You see, 1 John 1, nine, the Lord says that if we confess our sins, amen, right? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that word cleansing has so much power to it. Because see, as, as you're sitting here tonight, and even me standing here this evening, God is still in a cleansing. He's still cleansing my spirit. He's still cleansing my life. He's still cleansing my soul. Well, what's it from? See, in Bible times, and this is something that we go over here in Freedom Ministry, so over and over, so we get it engraved in our minds, so we understand these truths and these principles of who Jesus Christ desires to be. See, in Bible times, they would punish criminals in many different ways. In some cultures and some nationalities, if you was convicted of a crime, they would take you outside the city gate and drag you behind a horse until death. And see, in that dragging, as they would drag an individual, you don't know how long you would have to be drugged over the rocks, over the sand, over the debris, that enough wounds was inflicted on you for you to bleed out enough and enough bones to be broken and crushed as you're being drugged behind this powerful force that you can't tame or control. You can't grab a hold of the rope and try to pull the horse back because it's got more power than you. And as he drags you through life, See, and as that criminal would be drugged, the sheer look upon him, as you would look upon this body, wouldn't even have a resemblance of a man. You see, that's what the enemy does to our life. As we're all criminals, as we're born into the world, we've all made a transgression to God, because Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So every one of us that's born, that was created, is born with this sin, innate problem inside of us, this transgression where we have trans, we have transgressed against the Lord. We have committed a crime against God. You see, and because of that crime that was committed, Mankind was separated from the presence of God. Mankind was separated from the power of God. But God loved His creation so much that He come down and He created an escape route through the person of Jesus Christ to forgive us of our crimes that have been committed, to forgive us of the crimes that our families have committed, our generations past. And see, when Jesus Christ comes into our life, He says, I want to do something for you, son and daughter of God. I want to cut the rope behind the horse. As you're being drugged because of your transgression, and you're being drugged because of your guilt and your shame, when I come into your life, I will cut the rope. And He forgives us. The Scripture says that He will cast our transgressions and our sin as far as the east is from the west. 
says if we confess our sin to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. Which means He's the judge, the juror, He's the whole nine yards. And what He says stays in the court of law. And when He says you are forgiven, He says, I have forgiven you. And no man can ever take that away. You see, what we face in life and what we struggle with, especially as addicts, even those that have maybe not suffered with drug addiction or alcoholism, but as you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you were a criminal, just like me. You created great sins against the Lord. Whether it would be sexual sin, whether it would be uh, anger issues, bitter resentment, anything that takes us away from the presence of God and what God has desired for man to be, we need to be set free from. The rope has to be cut. Because until the Lord Jesus Christ comes into our life, He says, you're still a criminal. And the criminal will be drug until the point that you can't breathe any longer. But we suffer in this life at times. And we feel like that we're being choked. We feel like that life is so hard. We can't figure our way and think our way through our environment and our situation and the things that we are have been brought into. And it becomes so heavy for us. And the Lord says, when I forgive you your sin and I cut the rope, Now I need you to allow me the permission to come and lay myself upon those hurt places of your life. You say, you don't know how I grew up, man. You don't know what I suffered as a child. You don't know the way people has treated me. You don't know the things that's happened in the dark places in life where no one else has been You don't understand the pain that was afflicted upon me. No, I don't. I only understand the type of wound and the pain that was afflicted upon me. But I know one that knows all pain. That has all understanding of every situation in life. And He is the answer. And Jesus says, when you allow me to lay myself upon you, And see, over the past several weeks, we've went through a five-part study on being a spiritual toolbox created by the power of God through a relationship with Jesus Christ that He starts to build His truth in and through our life as He lays Himself and we together, not just on Sunday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday nights, uh, Saturday morning uh, men's group, or or, or uh, Thursday night prayer, or Friday night uh, young young adults group, but every day of our life throughout the week, that as we're in fellowship and as the Lord leads and we communicate with one another, that we're communicating with God. First and foremost. And He begins to build forgiveness into our life. Amen? Not only forgiveness from Him toward us when He cuts the rope, but then we learn to forgive ourselves, And then that leads us into being able to forgive others. There's a healing. You can't do those things apart from the power of God. Forgiveness is the biggest issue in the church. It's number one. That's why we started with forgiveness. Because it's the foundation of your spiritual life. Without forgiveness, you can't have anything in the Spirit. Because according to my Bible, in Matthew 6, He says that those who will not forgive their brothers their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will not forgive you. 
But those who will forgive men their trespasses, your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you yours. Amen? And He lays that foundation and then we moved into obedience, learning how to obey God's Word as we read and we study God's Word to become obedient men and women of God. Then we moved into thankfulness, learning what it means to be a thankful creation. These are important attributes of God. To be able to thank God, just as Sammy had had read earlier, just to be thankful for the moment, for where you are today, as you're seeking the Lord, to be able to see the good things in life all around you. You say, there's nothing good in my life right now. Oh yes, there is. You're sitting right here in a service at Wellspring Church of Freedom Ministries where men and women of God love you and want to be a part of your life. That shatters every abandonment issue in the house. You never had a daddy, never had a mother. Somebody wants to be that for you in the house of the Lord tonight. Somebody wants to come up and fill the gap and fill the void and to help walk you through life and to love and to nurture you and to give you the care that God wants to be able to give all of creation. And then we moved from thanks, from thankfulness into relationships, learning what it means to form godly relationships in our life. Because it's our relationships that we keep is going to be a big part in determining the next chapters and seasons of our life where we step. It's important to be able to cut off those influences of the enemy, of those relationships and men and women that take us away from God's presence, away from His forgiveness, obedience, thankfulness. And then we moved from relationships into boundaries. Learning how to set godly boundaries in our life in accordance with God's Word. And as we become a playing field of life, like in a football game, God will use us and to establish these boundary lines, just like you see on TV, where you can only go so far as you're playing the game, but if you cross this line, it's a foul and the whistle's blowed. See, the Holy Spirit is the whistleblower of life. Is as, as, as we learn, as we're playing in this game of life, we're on this field, we're all on this field fighting an opposition, an enemy, trying to reach an end goal. As long as our end goal is the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and freedom in Him and eternity with Him in heaven, Jesus. The Holy Spirit will be sure to show you the times when we step out of bounds. And He's so loving and He's so gracious and He's so kind that sometimes He may have to bring out the whip to bring us back in. Sometimes it's just with a loving, gentle word. The Lord knows what we need on the inside. Man can look at your situation and see your failure or see your shortcoming and want to bring their solution because of what they see in the temporal. But God sees things past what we can see. He knows what man or woman needs on the inside. He may shower blessings and open up the windows of heaven on that individual and completely wipe them off their feet. He may allow them to go to a complete place of brokenness where they lose everything and have nothing, but God's still trying to teach both the same. He knows what the person needs in order to be able to bring them closer to Himself. You see, in Psalm 38... We're going to read about a man, David. They think that this psalm was possibly wrote after his dealing with Bathsheba when he had called Bathsheba into his chamber and committed the act of adultery and impregnated her and then had her husband killed on the battlefield. David is found in this place of torment. 
And as we go into Psalm 38, 4, I'm going to read part of this passage here. David says, My iniquities have gone over my head. They are a heavy burden. They're too heavy for me. Is somebody in the house of the Lord tonight carrying something that's too heavy for you to carry? On your own? You've been dragging this thing for so long. I don't know what it would be. Maybe you're just an angry person. Oh, Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's pornography. I don't know what it is. But this weight weighs upon you. And he says, And my wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. Can society see the wounds that's been afflicted upon you? Does it bring an ugliness to your person? When the world looks upon you, what do they see? David says that he had these festering wounds because of my foolishness. I'm troubled. I'm bowed down greatly. Maybe you come into the house of the Lord tonight with a stoop and we're just walking like this. Depression has set in. You can't sleep at night. You try to bring, you try to manifest a joy and it never seems to be able to work. You try to bring it through music, films, videos, whatever it may be. Uh, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, things we put in our bodies and there seems to be no joy. And there's this downcast spirit. And he says, I go all day long mourning. Has anyone ever felt that? I know what that's like. I've lived it. Where every day of your life, you wake up and you're like, I got to live this one more day? Lord. And he says, my loins are full of inflammation. His body is full of this, of this swelling, this burning. He says, and there's no soundness in my flesh. I mean, there's no, there's no control. I got these emotions that's going through me that just rage and just, just takes me, takes my mind, takes my thoughts, captivates me unaware and does what it wants with me. He says, I'm feeble. I'm severely broken. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. Lord, all of my desires is before you and my sighing is not hidden from you. My heart pants. My strength fails me. How many in the house of the Lord tonight may feel that their strength has failed them in some way? You feel weak. Feel like you can't go one more step. Feel like you're tired of battling this same battle the same way and getting the same results. David goes on to say, he says, and as for the light of my eyes, it has also gone forth from me. See, that's what the dragging, that's what sin, that's what compromise does in our life. It first will affect our outside appearance. People can see it on you. People knew when I was a drug addict, man. It was no question. Not just the track marks, but how I looked. I warped. Even if I didn't mean to or want to, it showed itself on my physical body. When I was an angry man, a bitter man, it showed itself on my physical body and my appearance. It was a wound inflicted upon me. And he says, my eyes can't even see the same way anymore. Not just physical sight, but our spiritual sight will start to be dimmed. And we won't know which way to go. We, can, we become a confused people. 
So many are confused right now in the world. They don't know which way to go. They don't have an answer. They're trying to figure it out. There's so many people in the house of worship that are confused. They don't know. They don't have an answer. Their joy's gone. The things they used to get excited on, there's no excitement anymore for the things of the Lord. And those are wounds as we start to step out of the presence of the Lord. That the Lord says, I need you to continually come into my presence. Because you've been forgiven over here. Don't mean that you won't step into the court one more time. And that there's a time when you need me to come in and cut the rope again. Because you've been found guilty in the court of heaven of having transgressed against the things in the person of God, Jesus Christ. He says, I want to come in and I want to cut the rope again. You see, sometimes we think it's just a one-time thing. And I come in, I prayed, I got baptized. And next thing you know, three or four years later, we're back feeling the same way, but we're wearing the identity of Jesus Christ. But we're just like David. Our sight becomes dim. We can't see the same way anymore. We're heavy. We're downcast. Our joy's gone. we got all of these things that seem to be working against us. Your emotions become all over the place. And the Lord says, I need to give you this example. So when you see it upon yourself or upon the body of Christ like a doctor, we need to be able to recognize those things and bring the solution through God's Word and through His presence to say, will you accept the healing ointment of Jesus Christ? He say, I know the Lord Jesus. Well, then why do you look the way you do? Why are you acting the way that you're acting? The Lord says, I'm not here to whip you. I'm not here to beat you. Life will do that for you. I come here to save you. He says, I give you these things to not be an accuser and say, oh, you wicked individual. How could you do this? He says, no, he's a loving God. He's a loving physician. He called himself the great physician. Have you ever been to a doctor that truly loves and cares? They're hard to find nowadays. But in the old days when I was a kid growing up, then people, those men cared about life. When they touched you, you could feel power come through them. Some of them, I believe, were ministers of healing. They wanted to touch you. They wanted to feel you. They spent time asking questions about you. These doctors today won't even touch you and they're wearing a mask. They're afraid to come up and even get part part of the problem that they say they've been called to fix. Amen? It's time we get in the trenches with one another. I'll take my mash down. I'll come up and lay my hand on you because I'm concerned about your soul. How's your heart today? How's your spirit today? In the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, he goes on in verse 11, he said, even my loved ones and my friends, they stand aloft from my plague. Woo! And my relatives stand afar off. Have you ever had your sins separate you from your family? Have you ever felt abandoned and pushed back from life because of the consequences of your actions? I know what that feels like. Sometimes that can happen because of nothing that you've done. It's other people that's wounded in a place and you may know the Lord pressing into the things of God and God's trying to do something in them. But this is something that's personal. David said, this is something that I caused. This is me. I'm the problem. 
Not everyone else around me. And I'm tired of making excuses for myself. And David, he's crying out to the Lord, just like we heard of John in John chapter 5. You know that what you just listened to, how long that man laid by the pool of Bethesda? The Bible says 38 years. Some of us carry the same wounds and never receive the healing of life. It's so sad. For years of our lives, we carry this bitterness, this anger, this hostility against people, against God, against ourselves. And we try to mask it in so many ways. And he says, those who seek my life lay snares for me. Those who seek my hurt, seek they speak of destruction. And they plan deception all the day long. How many of you ever experienced people trying to devise wicked schemes against your life? Amen. Amen. David goes on to say, he says, But I like a deaf man, I don't hear. And I'm like a mute who does not open his mouth. Thus I am like a man who does not hear. And in whose mouth there's no response. What I get from that passage is, is that's exactly what this dragging and what separation from God will do in our life. It'll cause a paralysis over our body. Where you can't even defend yourself. You don't have an answer. You don't even know what to say. He says, you can't even hear. Things are just cut off. Your faculties are starting to be drained. And as we progress further in the Scripture, I'm going to jump over to Psalm 40, as that was David's cry out to the Lord. It's believed because of uh, the transgressions that he had, had committed against the Lord with his adultery with Bathsheba and caused this affliction to come upon his body. He was being drugged once again through life. Found guilty in the court of law. Found guilty before God. And he's being drugged now outside the city gate, not in the physical, but in the spiritual. He's being drugged and these wounds are just beating him to pieces. And he can't even live with himself. It torments him day and night. Are you tormented tonight in the house of the Lord? And he says, but I have found the answer in Psalm 40, starting in verse 6, as he was crying out to the Lord at some moment in time as he is crying and he is laying before God. And as you read in First and Second Samuel, it says that he actually laid, he was pretty much naked on the temple floor, wouldn't eat for days. He's just, he's broken over his sin. And he says, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, Lord, for my ears you have opened. I believe somebody's ears are going to be open in the house of God tonight. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Maybe some has been making these sacrifices in life that just hadn't been working. You've come to the Lord you tried to get involved in things of God. You've took time to come into the house of worship. You've maybe even served in the house of God at times. And you've made these great sacrifices. But nothing's changed inside your life and inside your spirit. You're still the same individual battling the same problems day in and day out. And the Lord says, I don't desire your sacrifice. And the Scripture says... That obedience is better than sacrifice. He says, I don't need you 
to come out here and sacrifice your life for the needy. I don't need you to come out and give everything that you have to the poor. I don't need you to come in and serve yourself to death in the temple of worship to where there's nothing else left. Some of those things, when they're done out of a byproduct of our relationship and security and peace in God, can be good things. But when we're trying to do those things to earn God's righteousness, and when we try to perform those acts in order to earn God's love, and we think that because we're doing these things, God's going to miraculously change our circumstance, situation, and our body on the inside. He says we've got it twisted and life is in a blender because it's never going to work out any different than what it ever has. Because what God desires is to become Lord of our life. He goes on, he says, then I said, behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, O God. And your law is written in my heart. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord desires to write Himself in the script of your life. As each and every one of us is a letter sent from God. He desires to be the main character on the page. Just so many times our story is being written in life every day. You say, I don't want a story written. That's not my problem, man. Every day there's a story written about you, dude. They're going, to, they're going to know and read about you or something's going to be said about you. There's a report, not just in heaven, but on the earth of your life right now. It's being written. Maybe not with pen and ink, but it's being written in the minds. Your story is being wrote by those around you. And it's going to be your legacy of what's left behind on this earth. And he says, I desire to write myself in the script of your life, says, and your law is written within my heart. What does that mean? That means that he comes into our mental faculty and our mind. See Romans 12 too, he says, be not conformed to the patterns of this world. Don't try to figure things out the same way you always have. When you see that this is part of your life and who you are, when you see you are a wounded man or a wounded woman of God being drugged through the rocks of life, and there seems to be no hold back, no one is stopping the horse for you, you try to stand up and hold on to the rope and it's dragging your feet and busting your feet up. You can't stop the force. It's taken you to places that you don't desire to go, but but you go there anyway because you have no control. Jesus said, I desire to write myself upon the table of your heart that as I become your main focus and as you learn to submit your life into the power of God and to become a forgiving people, to become an obedient people, to become a thankful people, to become a relational people with the right relationships, and men and women that know boundaries and become accountable to God. See, that's one of our biggest problems that we face is our pride will not allow us to come into a place where we're accountable to anyone. You know how many people leave the church house Because they don't want to be accountable to their brothers and sisters for their action, how they act, how they look, how they conduct themselves in life. 
and we become bitter and resentful and we walk out of places of worship all day long because we can't connect with people. Because we can't be a relational people. God's a relational God. With us, He will naturally pour out relationships to others. As we move over to Psalm 40, 14, the Lord gave David something that He that will give to each and every one of us. And it's a promise of God. This is something that is just part of who God is. That as we come to know the Lord and as we ask Him to come into our lives and we we learn that uh, He wants to be Lord and Master of our life. And He comes in and he, and he cuts that rope. We allow Him the permission to come in and start healing those wounds of anger, bitterness, resentment, of addiction. The things that cause those issues in our life. Our selfishness. Because we're a very selfish people. That's the root that He's trying to get out of every one of us. is self. What's opposite the fruit of God? The fruit of the Spirit? Self. Every part of the fruit of the Spirit of God that you read has to relate to somebody else. Not just with you. It has to do with someone else for us to be able to pour into someone. See, that's why Matthew 6.33 gets misquoted so many times. It'll make you sick in your stomach. Because he says, Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. But we will twist that, manipulate it, take the kingdom into one individual and we think, Seek you first just Jesus and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. What he's saying is, is seek yourself the kingdom, the whole body of Christ. Christ, to want to be part of something more. Jesus is the head of that part. But there's so many other pieces to the kingdom. And he says when you become focused upon others outside of yourself for the purpose of the building of the kingdom of God, then the blessings of heaven will be opened up upon your life. And you will be able to be sustainable in the moment. He will give you the resources that you need for today. The first resource is Himself. His joy becomes part of our life as He comes in to be the great healer and physician of our soul. Bitterness begins to leave. Unforgiveness begins to drown in the backdrop of life. Right relationships are formed. Right boundaries are formed. We become a thankful, obedient people. And He says, this is the first thing that I will pour into you. It's the purity of God. And He says, it's because of your seeking God to help serve others, that I'm going to pour all these things into you. But see, sometimes we become... I've met so many Christians, good Christians, love the Lord, but they do absolutely nothing for the kingdom of God because they would like to just fly off onto a mountain somewhere and just get with their Bible, alone with the Lord, and drowned out away from all of the world and the noise... And just be alone with God. I said, if that's your mindset, you've missed it all together. If that's your mindset, you're the first one that needs to be in a freedom ministry to be set free from your own selfish desires and the wickedness of your heart to not include others. See, one thing I thought was interesting about when uh, Peter stepped out onto the water to meet Jesus in the storm, and most of us know in the house of the Lord tonight about that story. 
It's not a story, it's a truth. The Lord told him, go to the other side and this storm come up. They see Peter, or Jesus, is walking out on the water and, and uh, here's Peter, he's so zealous, he's so ambitious, good things, good, good motive of the heart, he wants to be close to the Master. And he forgets the amount of people that's on the boat perishing with him. You see, I believe there's something so deep that until we really get alone with God, for Him to be able to surface, there's so many different angles and avenues that you can go out of that message to bring hope and peace and to progress people into the knowledge and service work of the Lord. But I truly believe that God was speaking something so much deeper to Peter. Because see, when Peter stepped out of that boat, and he says, you know what? You're all dying and about to go to hell. But... I'm so worried about myself and my relationship with God. I'm going to let you all die in this boat. And as long as God will say to me, just me, come out and be with me, Peter. Let everyone else drown in the sea. And he goes out and because he's so self-focused on himself, he looks at Jesus and then he loses his vision and his sight. And he starts to see the storm. But you see, when the motive for our service. And as we begin to step out in the things of God, and this part of the message is for some and not for others, when we go to step out like that, it's imperative that your ministry is based off from the health and wellness of others around you. Because then when you step into the storm, and it's just you and Jesus standing in the middle of hell and chaos and torment all around you, and you're called to bring the peace, that storm will not catch your eye because the storm is irrelevant. What you're thinking of is not just looking at Jesus, you're thinking of who's behind you in the boat, and you're asking Jesus to come into the boat with you in order to save those around you that's perishing. How could you ever lose your focus on God when your sole focus is to help somebody else? Woo! That's the part of the Gospel that nobody wants to hear because that will cause you to come to a place of self-examination and transformation of God. Only the power of God can take a man and woman out of their selfishness and bring them into a place of life to where their perspective becomes eternal, not temporal, and it comes off from yourself and becomes other-focused for the kingdom in His righteousness. And then all of these things you desire in life will come into your lap. You say, well, I'm not going to get the big house, the big car, because it's not going to be your focus. Because your focus is your relationship with the Lord and to help serve others. And just what you need to survive will be enough for you to be able to progress through life with joy, with peace, with happiness. Jesus, you no longer need a needle stuck in your arm. You no longer need to go to the bottle to fulfill something in your life that only God can do. But it's going to take you getting out of yourself. Jesus. He says in Psalm 37, 39, But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. Where is your strength being placed today? Is your strength being placed in a program in the court system? Is your strength being placed in a program? Is your strength being placed 
and other men and women, just other men and women around you, counseling services, your job, different people that you've met that put something into your hand, is that your security and your strength? And when they disappear, you don't know what to do because they've been what you have laid your life and leaned upon. And when they're going out of the equation and people in life change, you're lost and confused and turn into a beggar once again. The Lord says, I want to be your strength today. Freedom comes from the Lord. John 8, 31 and 32. The Lord said to the Jews, the, the group of people, we say Jews, but the group of believers that were around Him at the time that were believing upon Him, He said, if you will continue in My Word, that means to linger in My presence to the point of conformity. You will know the truth. That's a relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. In the truth shall set you free. Jesus said, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man is going to come into the Father and into this new life but by me. Acts 3, 19, He says to repent. Turn yourselves to God. Turn yourselves over to God. Right, That your sins would be forgiven. That they would be blotted out. That times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. You know what that refreshing meant in the Greek? It meant to breathe easily again. It meant to be able to take breath. What was David's one, one of his biggest problems? He wasn't able to breathe. He was panting. He was out of breath. Trying to figure these things out. His sin had weighed upon him. He that, this, this weight had come upon his chest. And it takes your ability to be able to receive oxygen. Jesus. He says when the Lord Jesus truly comes into our life and we learn to be submissive to Him, He will become our breath. So Jeremiah 17.8, the promise of God will come to full fruition in your life. He says, for you shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spread out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green. We will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will we cease from yielding fruit. Jesus, God wants to create in you the seed of life through His Son, Jesus Christ. He wants to build a root system in you that goes down into the place where you are, where you're planted. And He wants to grow you up spiritually. As you grow, not trees just don't come up out of the ground and instantaneously it's got branches and leaves and everything else. No! It takes time to build this tree. Church, but see, we want something instantaneous when we come to God. We want things to change right now. You gotta be willing to trust that's faith. That's why he says, put your faith and hope in me. What saves your soul? It's faith. Do you have the faith tonight that know that God has a plan for your life? Jeremiah 29, 11. That he has thoughts he thinks towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight? Long enough to spend time in the presence of God long enough in His people to let your root grow deep so that He can grow you up a mature tree. He will put branches on your life. He will put leaves that will come out from your physical existence and body. What do those leaves do in these trees? A leaf filters the air around it. A leaf 
takes what's poison out of the air, which is like carbon monoxide or dioxide, one of it, and through a process called photosynthesis, as the tree leaf is cast into the light, which is symbolic of the presence of God, that that leaf will be able to take the negative things in life all around it. It will absorb it into its physical body and substance. God will transform those negative cells and things inside of that leaf. And it will produce a, an oxygen molecule that's necessary to sustain life. God says, I want to make you and create in you a filter. I want you to be able to stay in this life, in the hell where you're at, and the things going on around you, and become a filter of God to where you've got the capacity to be able to deal with the negative situations and things around you and allow God as you're processing it. And it's coming in. It's coming into your airwaves, your earwaves. It's, it's coming in all around you. He says, I want to be able to transform these thoughts and these negative feelings and these emotions as you submit yourself to me for you to produce breath to those around you. You know they say that a mature tree, the leaves on it has the ability to be able to bring oxygen to I I can't remember maybe it's 20 or 30 people don't hold me to it. It's a large amount of people that one tree is able to be able to produce oxygen for. Are you a breath of life or do you suck the air out of every place that you go? Do do we bring health? Or do we bring the poison? The Lord says, I don't want to beat you, but I want to mature you. you got to decide right now who you want to be. See, Jesus had to ask the beggar. He asked him one question. Do you want to be healed? Tonight I ask you a question. Do you want to be set free from yourself? To be able to experience God in ways and levels in your life that you have possibly never experienced Him. And God will use you as He begins to cultivate and around you. And if you just come to know the Lord, there's a process of time that you got to be fertilized and grow. you got to stay where you're playing. you got to dig deep. you got to allow those roots to be able to grow. Don't transfer your root to foreign soil in the moment of growth. God would never move a man or woman of God that He's growing in a certain area or if He's growing in a certain atmosphere and just pluck them up and then move them into another place and plant them in another place of soil that maybe have contaminants and things in it that you can't be able to absorb. No, He will grow you around the people that He has placed in your life to help cultivate that growth in you until you grow to a place of maturity to where you're able to produce life. And see, that's an area of discipleship and ministry and recovery that we don't like to hear because we want to go out on our own agendas and on our own paths and blaze trails of fire around the world when we can't even handle ourselves. When 75% of the time... We're the poison, not the auction. God says, slow down. I want to teach you how to be able to 
deal in how to be able to handle others. I want to teach you how to be a man or woman of God that's able to be relational to where every time something doesn't go your way or every time people don't think the way that you do, that you decide to pull up your root and move to someplace else. If God moves you, it's going to be for His kingdom purposes only. First and foremost. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. So this process of time, it takes time for this tree to mature. And as it has this trunk, what he's doing is he says it's planted by this water that will never run dry. So as long as you're planted in the presence of God, he says it may seem to be drought all around you, but you will not be thirsty. Amen. You're not going to be worried about the economic crisis and the political upheaval of the United States of America or any other country for that matter because you are a citizen of God and God's kingdom goes past the United States and goes past Russia and Ukraine and the Chinese borders. God's kingdom encompasses the whole globe. So that's why you have Christians that's in foreign countries suffering for Christ right now that's able to produce this joy and this peace and what we're talking about. They are the leaf of life in the most Healthy situations you can ever imagine that would happen to a human being. Why? Because they don't base their identity upon their nationality. They're basing their identity upon God. God wants to bring us into His kingdom tonight, church, for His kingdom purposes. I'm going to close with that. And I'm going to uh, ask that we maybe have a uh, song for an altar call. Eddie, I don't know if you would be able to pull something up. I know I kind of hit you off guard with that, brother, and I apologize. Something that don't have words, just music. And we want to invite you to make a step tonight. To have the rope cut behind you. And I was going to bring a physical representation and use Josh up here, but the Lord had other plans. This rope, I brought it off from my work truck because this is, this is symbolic to me when I look at this of how much life that I have been drugged through. But there's an end to the rope because it's been severed by the power of God. And some of you have cords tied to your physical body that you cannot see the end to. God wants to show you the end tonight. And if you will allow Him to move in this sanctuary with this body of people as we want to pray with you, and you give yourself over to the Lord Jesus Christ, we want to partner up with you here at this church. We want to come up alongside of you to help lead you into the presence of God and God's holy word and His righteous standard for your life. We want to help cultivate the soil around you so you can have experiences of God that will last you a lifetime, that will take you into eternity. And as God grows you and raises you up and as He breaks these strongholds off from your life, that He connect you to learn how to be the branch and the leaf and service work for the Lord. 
that we can bring health and oxygen to others. And it takes time. Some of you have been coming to this uh, ministry on Sunday night for the past couple months that we've got started. And some of you, I know that the Lord is moving in a powerful way in your life. Don't stop now. Don't, don't get distracted with the things that's going on that's out of your control. And come back to where you started. The joy that you felt around God's people and in His presence. The experiences that you had that could have come from no other place than God. Remember those things and start recounting them through your mind. And stay connected. See, that's all God's looking for is yes men and women that will say yes to God. You don't have to understand it and figure it all out. Because if you could, it would be man's idea and solution and it will fail. You will never figure out and see to the end of all of God's plan. Because if He showed it to you, we would mess it all up. Our brains would melt out of our skulls if He showed us the things that we might either experience this next year, whether it would be good, could be negative things that happen around us. Oh, he wants us to be able to learn to be dependent upon Him in the moment so that each and every day becomes an experience of God. And He will grow you through pains and things in life that you would not ever be able to do on your own. But you've got to trust Him. Addiction is not an identity that has been placed upon you because of a genetic seed. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You weren't born with an addiction problem. You were born with a sin problem. You were born with a spiritual problem that we're all born with and separated from God. God will change your DNA. And He wants to change it right now, this very night. So we're going to open the altars for you to be able to come. And I'm going to ask if Brother Chad and Brother Eddie would come up for a a prayer team. And maybe you already know the Lord Jesus Christ and you know that the rope's been cut. But there's wounds that you have not allowed Him to be able to cover. There's wounds from the past that has hurt so deep. People's hurt you. You've hurt yourself. God wants to lay Himself upon you through the person of Jesus Christ by the power of His Holy Spirit tonight and bring oil upon those wounds. He wants to put a bandage over them and set you in an atmosphere of healing for God to be able to nurture that wound. Say, you know how Jesus Christ expresses Himself in the earth today? Say, I've never seen Jesus. I've been looking for Him my whole life. Well, you're seeing Him right now. That's a, He works through people. He works through you. He works through me. He works through Chad. He works through His servants. So many times I've missed encounters with God because I was looking for this celestial thing to just come down out of the sky and manifest itself. God's done that for people. But God will meet you right where you are through the people around you that love the Lord and wants to help meet those needs. God will be the resource through His people and through His church to produce the miracle in and through your life.
Will you come connected to God today? Just say yes to Him. Bring those hurts, those wounds that you've been carrying. And we'll pray for God's healing to come upon them and to minister to you in a way that only He can. Thank you, Lord Jesus.